What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good. Uh, wish we were like eight rounds deep in the Scott Fishbowl already, but uh, I, I've come to find out that three rounds in is actually pretty, a little bit above average, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, quite the issue with our 102 today, so we sat on uh, 101 for about four and a half hours or five hours or something like that but she ended up making the pick and uh so now we're rolling we're we're catching up we're at 305 i've picked three players who, who do you have so far same i've also picked three i'm at 106 as uh, obviously listeners were no after a couple last week's episode last week's episode yeah yeah uh i somehow got josh allen to start came back around got kittle and just picked antonio gibson as my first running back and shouted out uh our old writer Matt right away to hope his projections and love is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice haul. I forgot that when I was talking with you before for that pick, I forgot that you didn't have a running back yet. Yeah. Uh, Which, so, it's yeah. because normally I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> three three rounds. That that would have been my third running back normally, but here, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at the one one twelve uh and I got Saquon. I have followed that up with Justin Herbert and then I got Austin Eckler. And I'm considering going another running back with the way the board's fallen here in the third. So uh, super exciting stuff. I, I'm <laughs> it, it's been crazy. I, I'm about to be in five drafts right now, oh which is just it's not fun. Uh, that's where like I tweeted out fantasy football is fun yesterday as like a reminder to myself <laughs> because uh, it's not very fun right now. But. Yeah, we're in that. We have our cut contributors dynasty startup uh, yes. that is in like what around 17? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're so getting it's, close it's to moving, the end, but not fast yeah. enough. And then a <laughs> yes. rookie draft that took seven hours before it actually was started on time. Uh, yeah. So we're behind on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff going on, and we're about to start a thirty-two team dynasty. Uh, that's yeah. that. That's Randy's reaction. I'm. You know, I kind of regret <laughs> bringing that up, but. Uh. All right, guys. We're not here to talk about our leagues. Although, like, this is the time Somewhat. you guys should be. Uh, <laughs> If you're itching for another league, I know there's best ball out there. There's underdog fantasy, but now's the time to get into your dynasty startups. I know everyone's itching to draft. So um, you mentioned our contributors league. The reason we have our contributors league is because we have awesome writers over at the cutffb.com. And also, uh, this was announced last week. The coach approach from Brett Pape and uh, Coach Bruce is coming to the the Cut Podcast Network. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to have that here. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks we're doing some test shows and stuff like that but uh, we're very excited to have them on board within the podcast network first first show announced of the the group first so far yeah there's going to be more there's definitely going to be more Um, and then so we're here tonight to talk through the AFC South we've got our burning question segment once again and then we're also going to be going through kind of like the NFL rumor mill and and giving a buy or sell on some of the things that we're hearing. There have been a variety of crazy reports, a lot of could be's and, and, and should or could and might. Uh, so we're going to kind of sift through that and give our takes on, on some of those. So before and anything else before we start, Randy? No, sir. Let's do this. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to get right into our burning questions for the AFC South. Again, guys, this is our segment where we give three questions. Uh, we go through and we kind of give an outline for it's kind of like a team preview type of thing. 
And tonight we're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the three questions for the Colts. How do you see the wide receiver room playing out in 2021, specifically with Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman? Uh, will Carson Wentz bounce back? You put it in the dock. Will he be back to an MVP form instead of a least valuable player form? Uh, we'll talk through that. We know my take on that probably by now if you've seen the show. And then the third question, do the Colts have a shot to win the AFC South? Randy, your take on the wide receiver room. I know someone, we'll talk about Paris Campbell a little bit later, so I don't want to deep dive into it. Um, but how do you see the wide receiver room playing out in 2021? Uh, hopefully healthy. I think that's the biggest thing to start off. Uh, Paris obviously has never been healthy. Hilton's never really healthy. Pittman wasn't fully healthy last year. So if those three can stay healthy, I think they'll have a pretty good wide receiver room. Uh, definitely above whatever Wentz had last year for the Eagles. So it will be an upgrade. I do think Pittman and Paris Campbell can be pretty good. It's just how good. I, I think them both breaking out of sorts will make it so neither truly breaks out and both will be kind of in that wide receiver three territory. And then I think Hilton on kind of last leg of the team will just be like a veteran presence, getting a few targets a game, helping along. Um, that's kind of the easiest way I could say without diving into our projections, really. Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't even pull mine up, but you know, I think this wide receiver room is kind of, I think there's some fantasy value there, right? Like I think you can get flex weeks from Michael Pittman. You can get flex weeks from T Y Hilton. Uh, Paris Campbell is the guy that I think is going to step up. You look at what he was doing in the one and a half games, of course, extrapolating from one and a half games is not recommended. <clears throat> I do not recommend doing that. However, uh, Paris Campbell looked very, very good. That first week, he was the leading target getter. I assume that he is also going to be a main part of this offense. I was just listening to the athletic football show. And Chris Ballard was on there, and he spoke very, very highly of those two specifically, and Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. I think they have Campbell in the plans. He's too good, and he's still so young. He came out when he was uh, an underclassman, and so you, we haven't seen what he can be because he's had a couple freak injuries. Of course, his rookie year was a little more freaky. Uh, last year, he got uh, his ACL torn up, I think. might have been MCL. But... He is back. It seems as though he's 100%, and so I think he's going to have a good year. Um, now, we'll we'll talk about how good here in a little bit. So, again, I don't want to deep dive into that. But, uh, all right, Carson Wentz, what do you think, Randy? Do you think he's going to bounce back in 2021? And, actually, first of all, if you guys want to drop comments and, and leave your thoughts on these two, we are on the comments. We will interact with you guys. So uh, we would appreciate that. And, Randy, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Um, I think he bounced back, but I don't think it's anywhere near to the level of that MVP season before his uh, first set of injuries. I currently have him as a QB2 for this season, mainly because I don't think there's like an alpha receiver of this group. I think it's going to be a little bit of a spread out. The tight ends aren't like superior, and I do think they're going to still be a run-heavy organization. So I do think he does a lot better than he did last year. I think he's playable, streamable uh, in a super flex league. He's a, he's a good QB2 for you, but I think he's going to finish like anywhere from like 15 to 18. Yeah. I don't see a lot of the, 
what what helped that MVP season was a lot of rushing, and I just don't see like an absorbent amount comparative to the top ten guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I take a look at my rankings, and I think the main thing uh, that I had regressing was it. Carson Wentz got a lot of rushing touchdowns last year, like you said, in his MVP year. But even last year, he was a fantasy-relevant quarterback. He was awful. He was an awful (laughs) real-life NFL quarterback, just very bad. But because he was able to put the ball in the end zone on the ground, he was fantasy-relevant. Do I think that happens when he has one of the better offensive lines plus Jonathan Taylor? I I don't. I should. I should because Jacoby Brissett did it all last year. And instead of bringing in, you know, whoever, whoever the backup is there, I don't know who it will end up being, probably uh, Eason. But uh, I just, maybe they give Wentz the ball at the goal line. But, you know, you have like a really good power back behind you. So there's really no reason to. Uh, Honestly, all, f- all four of their backs are very, very good to run. Yeah. So yeah even Naeem Hines. Like, even it, Wilkins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, and so I think some of that goes away, and I actually don't think Carson Wentz is super uh, super valuable this year. I, I, I'm fading him, especially at ADP. I know you have him in, like, the, what, teens, I think you said? Like, 18, 19 range? Teens, yeah. I don't want to do the exact uh, calculation yeah. right now. That's uh, fine. Because it's annoying to do with the current <laughs> setup. Um, but I, I just don't, like, I don't think he's going to break 4,000 yards. I don't think he's breaking. He might get like 30 total touchdowns passing and rushing, but I don't think he's breaking 30. Yeah. Probably still throwing a good amount of picks, probably still fumbling a good amount. So, I mean, I mean, that's just, it's his game. So yeah. I, I think he's going to be efficient for them. I think they're going to be playoff contention team. So that's exactly what they want. I just don't know if it's uh, some I I don't think in one quarterback leagues, I'd want Wentz more than a really good matchup week. Absolutely not. Do you think he's better for that team than Philip Rivers? Yeah, because he can do more, and it's a long-term option. It's it fits with like the breakout of the two young guys, and honestly, with their like throw every tight end at the the board and see what sticks approach, it does fit that as well. Yeah, I don't know that I agree. I you know I I think. Phil Rivers, with as many limitations as he had last year, he at least like he he couldn't throw the ball deep. We knew that. Uh, he he still tried, but Carson Wentz couldn't either. He, Carson Wentz was actually worse. If you get somewhere in between like MVP and LVP, then I think yes, he's probably better for the team than Rivers. But well, that's what I expect. Yeah, that's kind of what and I that, expect too. And that's also why I expect a decline, like abruptly for Hilton. Because he is going to be like the deep threat of the three. Yeah. So for sure. Um, all right. Third question. Do the Colts have a shot to win the AFC South? That was disgusting how my voice just died there for a second, but uh do the Colts have a shot. Uh yeah. It's this is a two team race. There's Jags have no shot, Texans have no shot, obviously. Uh and Titans are really good. I, I yeah. do think Titans win it, but Colts have a shot to be playoff contention. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I think it would take some injuries on Tennessee's front, though, because I think they should be the clear favorite now that their defense isn't great. Uh, Tennessee's, and we'll talk about them here in a little bit. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, if the Colts, if their defense holds up, which I don't know if it will, I don't think they got very much better, at least on that side of the ball. Uh, but they've got a good coaching staff, and they've got a really good foundation. So, yes, I think they're probably a playoff team. All right, let's move on to our second team, which I don't know who it is. I think it's the Jaguars. It is certainly the Jaguars. Um, all right, the three questions here. Is James Robinson dead, or will he retain a role for this backfield? Uh, realistic expectations for Trevor Lawrence. And then and, and do you buy the LaVisca Chenault hype? Uh, and then furthering that, how do you see that wide receiver room shaking out as well? Uh, first question, is James Robinson dead? He's not dead. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, he How should be pretty back. good. It, it's a th- they're definitely going to be a split backfield. Uh, I understand the pick uh, draft capital value of ETN right now, but you also got to remember this staff is probably not going to give a shit about that right now. Like they're gonna, that's th- yeah. not what it's built like. I mean, it, in the, if a five star comes into a college program, but the four star, three stars being playing much better, the four star, three stars playing. That's yeah. how that works. That's how it works in the NFL as well. Uh, yeah. I don't think Robinson's like, I won't say he's like better than ETN or anything. Uh, he might be better in between the tackles, but I think both play a good amount. And that really hurts both values, obviously. But that is. That is. Exactly how I have it. I actually have James Robinson out carrying Travis Etienne. Uh, shout out Jacob. Uh, I think it's it's pretty split down the middle. Now, of course, I think Etienne gets more work in the on passing downs. I do think they mean that when they say he's their third down back. I don't think they mean that he's their he's only going to be a third down back. But I I think James Robinson has a role, and I know Jeff uh, said that he would get canceled once we find out where he has James Robinson ranked. Uh, he's big on ETN in this offense, which it's understandable when you look at Urban Meyer offenses. And, and that, the problem is, is, I think it's Bevel. I think Bevel's running the offense, and I think James Robinson gets a lot of early down work. I initially, when this draft pick happened, I cited, you know, Chris Carson versus Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny had draft capital. Chris Carson came in and he took the job. And so, with my concerns with ETN's actual ability to run in between the tackles, you have to assume that James Robinson, with as good as he was last year, can keep some kind of role. Whether or not that's fantasy football relevant, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have the same thing where I have I actually have Robinson getting 40-plus more rushes than ETN, but ETN, I mean, not like completely dominating the targets, but getting... A good amount more than Robinson. Robinson was very efficient in the passing yeah. game last year, so it makes no sense to completely disregard his talent. Yeah, but. yeah, uh, I'm with you there. All right, and then realistic expectations for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, obviously, we know he's been deemed the greatest of all time already. <laughs> he is better than Tom Brady. So, what's realistic? Uh, I have him as QB 14. Okay. And I think that's fair for a, a team that's not going to be very good. Um, and he's going to have to throw a lot more. He throws a lot of quick stuff, so his A dot is not going to be high, but that's fine because it wasn't in college and it clearly worked. And I, I think he's going to be very, very good. I just don't think it equates to wins. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm lower on him. Of course. Of course I am. I was hoping that you would be higher or you would be lower on him than I am, but I have him at uh, quarterback 21. And the reason I oh. have him at quarterback 21 is because I, I think they want to run the ball. And I know there's there's a difference between wanting to run the ball and being able to run the ball. We talk about that a lot on this show. Uh, I actually think the Jaguars are going to stay competitive. I think they did enough on defense to be, you know, not. I'm not. I'm. I'm saying I think they stay in games a little bit more. Um, go ahead. So you're 21 in points per game or total points? Points per game. Okay, because in total points. You actually have them scoring two more points than I do. Okay. Okay. So that's, you know, maybe I'm just higher on other other teams or uh, yeah. other quarterbacks. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay, so I'm not. That's good. That's good news. That's good news for my, my brand yeah, so that I don't it. get canceled. That's why I <laughs> asked for both columns right there. <laughs> yes. Well, I found out it's impossible to do, so we're going to talk uh, through that after the show. It's torturous. It looked awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I have him thrown 600 times still, which in a 17-game season, that's a little lesser than what that meant before, but it's still a significant number. Um, I don't. I think the Jaguars are able to stay competitive, but I don't think they win many games. That's kind of how I view it. So. Yeah. Um and then Jesus, buddy, I, I'm I'm having a rough time with my voice. It's, uh, it's it's all that yelling you did at them youngins about fireworks. I wasn't even youngins, dude. Yeah, I did. That's a story <laughs> for uh, off the podcast. If you're interested in that, DM me on Twitter. Um, do you buy the Lavisca Chenault hype? I saw another tweet today from a PFF person, um, that said Lavisca greater than DJ Chark. This isn't a warning; it's a statement. Um. Are you there? Like oh oh no, obviously not. <laughs> okay. Um I have Chark outpacing him clearly uh by like thirty seven points. Yeah. I mean it, he's the wide receiver one. I mean it's just clear I, I have LaVisca as the wide receiver two and getting a good amount of carries outpacing the vet and Marvin Jones who is getting criminally undervalued for what he is. Um, it's just, it's Chark's, Chark will get the top attention because he's the best receiver. LaVisca is a gadget receiver that can run a bit gadgety, but he's, he's a better player than just a pure gadget receiver. Like, it's the best way to describe him. Like, it's, he's not Cordero Patterson, but he's, no, but he's also, he's not not Stefan Diggs. Yeah, he's not Diggs. He's not last year's Curtis Samuel. Even to me, no, not even close to me. Um, yeah. So here's the thing: I understand that Lavisca uh, was very, very hyped pre NFL draft. He went there, he had an opportunity for targets, and he he performed really, really well. But th- this is where like context matters. I think DJ Chark was done with that team. Absolutely, he said, "I, I, I don't want to play." That's what when you watch him play, that is what his body language said. He took what Urban Meyer said to him whenever they first met. He got in the weight room. He put on, I think, 10 extra pounds. Um, and now he, I think he's going to go out and be the wide receiver that I thought. Of course, you know, five months ago, I said, oh, DJ Chark's going to be a top 15 receiver in 2021. That's not true. 
That's I don't I don't believe that. I do think he's a wide receiver two option, uh, and I think Lavisca is probably a wide receiver three, and then Marvin Jones is a flex when one of them gets hurt. That's kind of how I view that wide receiver. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's talk about our next team. We're going to go to the Houston Texans, uh, the the fun, loving Houston Texans that, you know, one of these questions probably should be, are they locked into the number one overall pick? I think we would both answer yes, right? I don't think we even have to ask that. I won't say locked in because we, I think for a couple of years now, we've said locked in the number one pick and pretty much been wrong. But yeah, that's the that's the trend. Yeah. All right. So the three questions for the Houston Texans: uh, How many of the ninety-seven running backs that are all over thirty are are going to see playing true. time? No, it's not. They're all like they're they're twenty-nine and up. Uh, most of them, except for Philip Lindsay. Uh, um, is Nico Collins being underrated on rookie wide receiver lists? I understand that this graphic has a typo. I did these on my phone. I apologize. Um, and then. So we've obviously we don't know if uh, Deshaun Watson is going to play. So would you make the bet that Tyrod Taylor is going to start more games or Davis Mills or someone else? I mean, they've got a, another group. And then how do you think there's a chance that one of them starts the full season, I guess? But we'll get to that one. Uh, how many of the running backs are going to see playing time in 2021? Four for me. Um, I think Ingram works in and gets a couple scores. I don't think it's any like prominent. Um, I don't even think he plays a full season. I think it's probably only like twelve or thirteen games. Uh, but I, I don't think anyone is ultra superior to Mark Ingram in that backfield. That would just equate to him never touching the ball. I think Burkhead will ro- work in a bit because he has to. That's just his role. Is working in stealing touches, <laughs> and then I think it truly will be a competition between David Johnson and Philip Lindsay. With David Johnson ending out after just a better performance than Lindsay last year, I think that'll continue for at least one more year. I don't think any of these running backs play 17 games. Of these four, I just talked about. That's funny you say that. I I also project. So I looked at their totals from last year. None of them played 16 last year, and so I even None gave them. All none, of, bomb. none of these four play 13. I know. It's crazy. So <laughs> I gave them all 14 just to be safe. That's why my rankings are in points per game, though, so I can have fun like that. Um, but I, you know, I gave David Johnson a, a hit in his workload, but an increase in targets. I think he's the back. Um, now, that's where we differ because I think Philip Lindsay is the two. And then Burkhead will take some of the passing down work. And then Ingram's kind of, I, I statted it out as if Mark Ingram would be cut pretty much. And I can just transfer those to someone else. I just don't. <clears throat> David Johnson was actually pretty good last year. As much as I hated on him before and as much as Sean is probably reveling in that right now. Uh, he, he was actually good and, and fairly efficient. So. I guess, do you expect him to regress a little bit? or Yeah. Well, okay. and I think it to be a split back. It really wasn't last year. That's, That's the true. difference. Um, yeah. I actually have him getting the same amount of rush attempts, but obviously with three more games, and then uh, a slight increase in passing work, but not by a lot. I, I truly think it'll be a, a true two 
headed backfield between these two, and that's why I don't quite know if either. But saying that, I, I have David Johnson actually being fantasy relevant where the other three aren't really. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's actually how I have it as well. Um, except, yeah, yeah, David Johnson's really high in my my projections. I, I'll release all these eventually, but yeah, because I have him getting uh, about 167 points. Yeah, which I mean isn't anything great, but it's relevant. It's a flex option. Yeah, I have his catches going up, and I should mention, uh, which is uh, kind of a segue into the third question, and then we'll come back to the second, but uh, I projected Deshaun Watson for 17 games. I know your mindset was the opposite. Deshaun Watson, even if he plays, he's probably not going to play for the Houston Texans, and I understand that. Um, now, when, when you sat it out then, did you give Tyrod the games or did you give Davis Mills the games? Oh, you're not going to like the answer. Uh, uh, it's almost perfectly split. It can't be because there's 17 games now. But I have Davis Mills getting nine of the 17 and obviously Tyrod getting eight. Basically, Tyrod starting not doing bad because Tyrod won't ever do bad, but he's not doing anything impressive. So they, they're they going to also – Davis. If, if Watson isn't playing on this team, Davis Mills is getting a for real look. He's getting a for real shot. He's getting at least four or five games because yeah. if they have the number one pick or even a top two or three pick, they need to know if Davis Mills is anything. So they're giving him a full shot. I, I think I basically equated this to the Dolphins last year where I think Tyrod will play. I don't think he'll do anything wrong. I think he'll be fine. I don't think they'll be winning games necessarily, but he won't be the reason they're losing. And then they'll be like, well, Fuck it, we need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. exactly what the Dolphins did last. Year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they stuck with two ad. You know, well, if the, yeah. If the Texans, uh, if the Texans pick first overall, and even if Davis Mills is like, you know, the best rookie quarterback, which is not going to happen, um, they they have to pick a quarterback. Yeah, but <laughs> if he if he's like Kirk Cousins was when he actually got a shot. Like, he wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it was... Or, like, Jimmy G in, like, the four games that he got a chance. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. It was like, you know what? He could be our be our guy. And if that's yeah. the case, there's some top-level defensive talent in the draft this year that yeah. would definitely warrant the first pick, whereas the quarterbacks with improvement would be first-round talent. But... Maybe not like a top five lock, a la like Lawrence or Fields. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, I am with you. All right. And second question here, uh, jumping back, which is really the third now, uh, <laughs> is is Nico Collins being underrated on rookie wide receiver list? And then furthering that, do you see him as the two to Brandon Cooks? And how do you see Brandon Cooks uh, performing this year? I so. Brandon Cooks, I think, is going to kill. Him. I want let's just put that one out of the way. I yes. think he's going to be at worst wide receiver too. Yes. Um, getting back to Nico Collins, though, as of now, I don't know how to feel about him. I want to get through all the training camp and everything. Maybe watch a little bit of preseason. Maybe I adjust the projections. But as of now, with the amount of veterans that they pack this room with. I don't have him getting a ton of looks early 
and being kind of like a mid-season starting to come along, like most rookie wide receivers that aren't top-level talent, like and draft capital, I guess I should say. I don't want to say he's not talented because that's not true. So I have him only like really playing in 10 games. Okay. So for that reason, I don't think he's like fantasy relevant. I think he uh per game basis isn't that relevant either. Like it, it's just I, I just don't see him if he plays all 17 and he wins like the wide receiver three roll out of camp, I think this changes completely. But because they have Randall Cobb, they have Kiki Kuti, they have Andre Roberts, like Nico Collins on their depth chart is like wide receiver five or six right That's why I can't yeah. like love it yet but it wouldn't make sense for them to cut at least one of these veterans and give him more of a shot but until that happens i haven't lower but clearly the second that happens i will upgrade the projections but i have actually kiki qt as the wide receiver two i believe which That's makes sense way. with the talent level of quarterback and the schemes that they'll probably have to run yeah I actually have it that way too. I, I think Nico Collins is going to be ultra efficient when he does get looks. Um, I think he's going to be used. Someone someone comped it. Um, his situation is basically identical to Kenny Galladay's when he was a rookie. But we have to remember that Kenny Galladay took two years to really like step up and be that player. And I think we're going to see that with Nico as well. I think right now he's the wide receiver four on this team. Granted, like yes, I, I do too. An injury to Brandon Cooks means that Nico Collins is probably like a league-winning ad mid-season. You know, yeah, like, he would shoot up to the outside receiver because obviously Cobb really isn't that. Neither is Kiki, uh, yeah. so Nico would shoot up. I agree. Uh, I, and I, I have I took a great assault with all the Brian Edwards hype last year. It's the same thing with a lot of guys this year still. Uh, Nico, not anywhere near to that extent, obviously, but for that reason, I always <laughs> wait a bit for rookie yeah. fever to really set in, where there's still some rookie fever almost for Brian Edwards again this year, and I, I still think that's a little misguided. I don't care. I don't think no. he... I think he's very <laughs> talented. I think he has every shot. I think we just don't fucking know. I, I think we have two guys in the Raiders offense that have a role in the passing game, and that's about fucking it. <laughs> So yeah. I have Brian Edwards as the wide receiver four if you count Waller, but uh that's Which a whole nother team. Yeah. I know, I'm just saying. Yeah. All right, it let's connected. get into the uh <laughs> Tennessee Titans. Uh the three questions for the Titans. Uh is the absence of Arthur Smith more of a problem than we're making it out to be? Uh Julio Jones or AJ Brown, I figured I'd add this one in here as just a, a little fun talk since we argued about this like the day of the trade and then uh did the titans do enough on defense to put their name in the super bowl uh discussion i guess would be the the barometer right yeah because um, they're already a playoff right team. that's right right um all right first question absence of arthur smith more of a problem than we think for you know you can take this as for derrick henry uh you can take this as for the tight end room however you want to take it um, I think for the tight end room would be the only way it would really affect it for me. And I think that's just for that ultra quick jump we had to, well, now Anthony Ferguson is going to be a god. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, right. He can be very valuable. He could be a tight end 
two, maybe even a back end tight end one, at least some weeks, if not for the season, we know how sometimes depleted that back end could be. Um, I think it will be less of a f- pure focus on the passing game and more on the or in the rushing game and more in the passing game. But the Julio trade dictates that anyways. So I think maybe over a month ago, this would have been a different kind of conversation. But yeah. the second they traded for Julio, it was going to be different. <laughs> it can't be 400 rushing attempts for Derrick Henry, which would be close to the projection of his last year to a 17-game season. Yeah. It just can't be. Not with two alpha receivers. Yeah. Yeah, it really can't be. I have them passing 80 more times. Um, now, I know they, the new offensive coordinator has harped on, you know, we want to keep it as similar as we can. What Arthur Smith did was great, but they've also been very vague. And I think what that means is we want to pass more because we don't want Derrick Henry run into the ground before this window of ours closes. And I think if they give him 378 carries again, that's done. Like that's your last year. Uh, so I think they cut that back. And I think, like you said, they have to pass more. It's, it's impossible not to. It's impossible. Yeah. Well, it, it is. And again, all these projections, they're going to be more plays. It's a whole other game. Right. I have them passing like about 60 more times and running um, about 15 more times, but totally. Yeah. And that doesn't just go to Derrick Henry. There's, they have three running backs, and you have wide receivers that could take carries as well as uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to run a good amount. So, yeah. He sure is. Yeah, no, that I'm. I don't think it's a problem either. I, I do want to say that I think it's going to be a good thing for this offense because they're gonna be they're more modern. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you heard that. Um, of course I did. <laughs> um, so yes, I don't think it's a problem. I think they're going to give Darrington Evans some work. I think they're going to give Jeremy McNichol some work, and I yeah. think uh, Julio's going to feast. And that leads us right into the next question. Uh, Julio Jones or AJ Brown, who's the wide receiver one of this team? Take it how you want it, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's real life. Ready, go. Oh, it's AJ Brown, no question. <laughs> you bastard, it is not. Um, it is. Tell, tell me, you have Julio scoring more points. I do, I do have Julio scoring more points, and the reason I have Julio scoring more points is because they were very close last year on a per game basis. Oh, this guy. But you have Julio played seventeen games. You know as fucking hell that won't happen. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen. I think I, I think I haven't played fifteen. I, I have him like a little banged up, nothing bad. His normal stuff. I also have AJ Brown only played sixteen. He hasn't played seventeen. So that's true. I, I, on I a, on a per game basis, I still think I think AJ Brown gets more touchdowns. I think AJ Brown gets more yak. Uh I think Julio Jones is still commanding uh top coverage. But I think here's the thing, to your point, if they if teams view AJ Brown as a wide receiver one, which he is, like he's an alpha, don't get me wrong. They're both they're one A and one A. I don't there's no one A and one B to me. Um I think you're gonna see some coverage shift over to AJ Brown and then Julio's gonna feast, dude. Like Julio's still like if you watch his nine games from last year, he's still the dominant receiver that he's always been. Yeah. And, so you're telling me that year three AJ Brown has already surpassed what Julio Jones 
was. You know, I think Julio's still in his prime. That's that's why. Yeah, I have Julio dominating. That's not the 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 difference is what guys played in this offense and has rapport. Yeah. And has the deep routes. That's that's his routes. And he gets the, the yak plays short. Like you know what I mean? Like I just have him getting a little bit more work. Yeah. And that kind of being the difference. Yeah. I it's it's close for me. I mean it's literally it's 17 points. So I guess it's not that close. That's um that, that's kind of a lot. But you know, I have Julio in my top 12. I think I have AJ Brown at wide receiver 13. They're the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, bar none to me. Uh and there there are a lot of good ones. I mean, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, I, I would argue C Lamb, Mari Cooper. Doesn't matter. I think AJ Brown and Julio Jones are the best. So Yeah. They're both very good. All right, third question. Uh, did the Titans do enough on defense to contend? Uh, they signed Bud Dupree. Uh, they got rid of some of their corners, which made no sense, uh, I guess, because addition, yeah, addition by subtraction, I guess, would be the uh, argument there. Uh, did they do enough? Are they Super Bowl contenders now? No, but it's it's because... It's the same aspect of like the Bills last year, where you knew they improved on defense, kind of. You knew their offense improved a lot with the addition of a top end wide receiver. Um, and you knew they were already a playoff team and they should make that next step to a Super Bowl contending team, but we have to see it. Like obviously the Bills are now a Super Bowl contending team, along with the Chiefs and I could argue the Browns as well in the AFC right now. I think Tennessee's probably close to the leader of that next tier under with a very, very possible chance to elevate to that top end tier, which speaks to how insane the AFC fucking is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The AFC is, uh, it's crazy because they have the, the better depth, they have the better teams, and they're still going to lose the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. I mean, I it's just, very possible. <laughs> the Bucks are the best team in the NFL. The Titans, you know, I, I think. I think Julio gives them a whole new dynamic on offense. I think they have maybe the best three players, if you include Derrick Henry. And Ryan Tannehill has been no slouch either since he's been in Tennessee. But defensively, Bud Dupree doesn't do it for me just yet. You know, I I think they went the pass route or pass rush route. Their D line and pass rush will be top it. Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, that's it. It's saying their D tackle pairings, like Jeff Simmons and what else I can't think of at the moment. Yeah. That's going to be insane. It's Early. past that. Yeah, the, the, the linebacking core is eh. Secondary yeah. is oh god. <laughs> so once you get past that front line, it's bad. I mean, think of the Browns last year. Their their D line was very very good, but everything else was questionable at best um i I don't think they elevated to where the browns are right now which are clearly still not the best defense in the aoc yeah no i'm with you i'm with you for sure all right that'll do it for our burning questions segment we are going to get into our buy or sell nfl rumors but first we are going to hear a word from a couple of our sponsors 
Check out King Fantasy Sports' draft kit and get the advantage over your league mates this draft season. Do the right preparation and start your season off right. You'll get rankings, breakouts, busts, values, and sleepers. Have some funky settings? Learn how to make your own projections. Stop sitting on the sidelines and buy it now. Use our promo code THECUT to get an additional 10% off. We're talking $10 to get everything you need in your arsenal to not just compete, but dominate. Check out the link in the description of this podcast episode. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in cash, so come and prop up today. Use promo code the cut to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy. That was my, uh, my best idea yet. I love that. Yeah, 100% best idea we've had in a while. Yeah, that, that's uh, I need <laughs> to tune up that last uh, that last commercial. We'll 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 fix that one, but um, <laughs> it it cuts out for so long, and then I come in and sound like a dipshit. Um, all right, guys, we're here for our our buy or sell NFL rumors. Uh, the the thing that made me uh, think about this it was some Zach Moss news. So that's where we're gonna start. Uh, buy or sell, Randy. Zach Moss will take over as the clear workhorse in Buffalo. No, um, sell. I guess is the correct term. Yeah, I just for me, I just I think he takes over slightly in the rushing department. Um, I think he's more efficient there. I think Singletary still splits the work in the passing game with possibly getting a bit more. I think Zach Moss's receiving skills are overhyped by fantasy Twitter a good a bit a good bit. Um and I have him projected at 17 games. I think that's a stretch right now. Obviously we haven't seen him do that. He is I've said it on here, he's one of those like Derrick Henry kind of type where he gets stronger as the game gets going, runner. The longer he's in, the more touches he gets. He's not going to get that kind of workload in the split backfield. I don't think he takes over. I think they have three running backs that, that could truly get rushing work with Rita there as well with Singletary. I, I just don't see it barring an injury Singletary, him truly breaking out, or them trading Singletary. Like, I, his presence will forever make Zach Moss not break out, no matter what. Uh, ball blast girl and <laughs> I want to talk about <laughs> yeah yeah they, I uh Michelle she loves that no it's Moss. Michelle and, yeah Michelle and Kate uh, right yeah both of them uh yeah they they love Zach Moss which I get it but also yeah. Devin Singletary was better last year and I I don't see a reason why that's different this year you know like see, 
My, I, my thing, Singletary got more rushes last year, but he played through more games. I, I think Zach Moss will take over the rushing because I don't think Singletary is that efficient in that aspect, necessarily. Moss, though. Neither That's is he, I argument. agree. But, but again, it's the same thing I said. Like, Zach Moss is two yards, two yards, three yards, three yards. Gets the fourth corner, five yards, five yards, five. You know, like, yeah. but he won't get that ever right. <laughs> unless he's by himself. Do you think there's a chance Matt Breida has more of a role than people think? I have him getting 62 total touches. I mean, but I also don't think he'll play a full season. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, I don't don't love talking about the Buffalo backfield. I just thought that was an interesting one. It it came through uh, a couple days ago that he was taken over. So I don't believe it. I mean, he very well could. He could be. Completely dominating Singletary in training camps. It's very possible. Uh, but it's one of those things where until he's getting 70% of the workload on the field, I can't buy it. Yeah. All right, next one. Antonio Brown is back in form. Going to be a better value for your fantasy team than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for 2021. That's been a lot of the narrative recently, uh, is that Antonio Brown is is a hot, hot target because. You can make the argument that in well, I would I would I would just say it's fact that Antonio Brown in his prime is better than Chris Godwin or Mike Evans right uh, now. Yeah, right now. But I don't know that Antonio Brown. So I guess buyers are you buying or selling that, Randy? Buying or selling is a value. I mean, what's the what the round difference is probably what like. It's got to be seven or eight, I think. His round or difference? Well, the, the difference. Uh, I, would, I would say it's like six. Yeah, I guess probably six. I don't have the 80 people pulled up right now. But exactly. I, would, I, I would say like Evans is probably third, Godwin second. Uh, I would say that I think that both are honestly. But probably. I, I would say he's a value. I think he's going to be a good flex wide receiver three option. Um, I have him as a little over ten points per game. I mean, that's pretty good. It's just yeah. he there's so much he can't he's not gonna be the top two or the top targets or catches. It's just not yeah. gonna happen. Evans yeah. is going to get a thousand yards. Godwin is gonna play a full season and therefore probably get a thousand yards and more targets. Yeah. I think it's going to be a scary three-person workload. Uh, yeah. But again, Antonio Brown is the older of the group. He is the vet. Um, I think he gets... I think like 23-24% of the workload for the wide receiver target share. That's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not egregious with the other two getting probably slightly above 30. I have it lower. Um... And the reason I have it lower is Chris Godwin was hurt for some of Antonio's uh, games last year, right? But that's not the only thing. Giovanni Bernard, I think, has a role. And I think the reason that they said, fuck it, we're throwing to our wide receivers, and Antonio Brown is part of that, was because they didn't have a running back that they trusted. And then third... I have three reasons why, because I'm I'm very low on Antonio Brown. I'm realizing after hearing you speak, um, OJ Howard I think is going to demand more targets. He was very good 
in the first couple of games before he got hurt. People I, forget. People I agree. Forget. He's good. He's going to get more than 19 targets. I agree. Very well, good. N- no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually, I mean, on a game game to game basis, I think that's pretty similar, but uh, I actually have him regressing from what he did last year. Uh, the thing is though, is OJ Howard was better than Rob Gronkowski for four games last year. Uh, uh, the the guy that just came out of retirement, I agree. I I know, and that's why and that's, I have him regressing. But I do think that he's gonna be targeted. I think they still run twelve all the time. I, uh, I think they the, run twelve, but I, I don't think it's as aggressive as you are led to believe by the OJ Howard love. Yeah. Um, I the, it's the same argument for Antonio Brown though that you're making for. Like Godwin, when he was out, Antonio Brown got more work. But Antonio Brown wasn't full form until late in the year, too. So what, like, it's the same thing with Gronk. As the season went along, they felt more comfortable. They were in the offense. They got they got it together. But it came to playoff time, and it clearly worked the fuck out. I think yeah. we're seeing the same thing, except a full season workload for both yeah. uh, in this kind of offense. I do see a downtick for Gronk because of O.J. Howard, so I agree with you there, but I don't think it's egregious. Uh, I don't think O.J. Howard is all that fantasy relevant this season, only because he has to split, and for that reason, I also don't think Gronk is like a top 10 option either, because of the same, because he has to split it. I think I might have Gronk coming in at uh, tight end 12 still, because touchdowns, touchdowns. Uh, I also have Brady throwing 44 touchdowns, so I'm a freaking lunatic. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, he threw 40 last year, so and True. that was the first year in the offense. All right, uh, by yourself, Ezekiel Elliott is quicker and more elusive. This was a direct quote uh, from a report from NBC Sports Edge earlier this week. Uh, he is looking, he's looking sharp. Uh, by yourself, uh, I'll buy it. I think he looks sharper than last year. Where he gave up because he had Andy Dalton quarterback and Ben DiNucci. Yeah, I think yeah. that's all we should take it as. That's so. I think it's a sell, but it's also it's a buy. I think he's act. He's full health. He's revigorated. He's reinvigorated, knowing that Dak's going to be back in this offense, and he's got this insane receiving core to work with. So he's not going to face stack boxes. He's still going to get his work. I, I yeah. so yeah, but I, I think Zeke's going to kill it. Uh, I also think Zeke's going to be very good. Um, I think I, they were talking in my, uh, Scott Fishbowl, uh, chat today about this. And this is the first time he's ever really taken the off season to get better. Like normally he eats a lot of food and he comes in fat and then he has to cut all of his weight in the first couple of weeks of training camp. And this year, like he's already there. And so I think he's, uh, he knows that his job is on the line. Tony Pollard was was good. Uh, now they paid him a ton of money. It's good to see that he is coming in ready this year. But Dallas offense is going to be absurd, just stupid, not even it's, fair. Yes, it will be. And I mean, Dallas is going to be absolutely lethal. Could mm-hmm. be the best offense. And they're up there with the Bucks. Uh, yeah. yeah, they'll be up there with the Bucks, with the Chiefs, with. Ravens for different aspects, but like it's 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 the top yeah. level. Yeah. 
All right, next one. Buy or sell. Trey Lance will start week one. I saw this a few times on Twitter today, which made me put it on a graphic and ask you. Uh, sell. Yeah, same. If Jimmy G's there, I, I say sell. Because yeah. obviously if he's traded away uh, due to some training camp or preseason injury and them just wanting to give him full access or he's ready and he takes the full access, obviously that's part of the equation there. Um, yeah. I do have him taking over eventually. Uh, but I do have I, I do have Garoppolo outpacing him for games. I believe I do too. I think it's uh I, ironically nine, nine to eight. Same. I, I well no wait. I'm looking at yours actually. Let me uh let me check mine. I actually have him outpacing Garoppolo. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh um, so I, I have it you have ten to seven. I have ten That's to seven. That's the bye week, I believe. Yeah. So I I saw the bye week and I've already talked about this once. I <laughs> saw the Miami situation. I truly did. I yeah. think San Francisco is going to be good, and I think Jimmy G is going to be okay. Because yeah. he's I, okay. I actually think Jimmy G is going to do quite well when he plays. Not not maybe for fantasy, but like for NFL terms. I, I think he's probably pissed off, and so I think he's going to play well enough to get maybe traded. Uh, so maybe I gave him one too many games. I don't know when the uh, trade deadline is, but I think we could see a midseason trade in that aspect. It's very possible, and there's probably going to be a quarterback hurt. And yep. Jimmy G is the best quarterback on the market right now, I'd say. Probably. Unless Aaron Rodgers is, but he's not. So I don't count him. Yeah. And I yeah. also, I'm not counting Watson. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Aspect. Yeah. All right. Uh, buy or sell Mike Williams will play X receiver and receive an increase in target share in 2021. This report's been all over the place uh, for the last like month and a half now randy are you buying or selling this i'll buy but i I don't think it's like an uh, egregious increase in targets necessarily i mean there's less competition for targets now and especially the biggest thing for him now is there's less competition in the red zone with hunter henry gone jared cook obviously going to be good in that aspect but i think mike williams if he can even play 15 games again, actual 15 games. I think he's going to be very good. And wide receiver two, maybe it's, it's on that border. Yeah, it sure is. I actually, I've been tweeting out that he's my wide receiver 23. I did bump someone up above him. He's my wide receiver 24 this year. I think Mike Williams is a stud. I got him as my wide receiver five in the dynasty league. And I am freaking stoked about it because I think what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to flip Mike Williams for someone uh, or I can hold him and and just have a really good wide receiver option. This offense is going to be much, much better. I would say just the addition of Rashawn Slater on that offensive line mixed with Corey Lindsley and uh, whoever the hell else they added. Um, I think that gives Herbert a little bit more time. And I made an argument a few weeks ago that I think Herbert's going to regress only in touchdown percentage, uh, I I think he's good. And maybe yards per completion, but that's only because of the nature of the offense. Mike Williams playing the Michael Thomas role instead of the uh, go routes. I think that's going to be really, really good for fantasy and for the Chargers. I think they're going to be a good team, like very good. Like I think they're stupid good, actually. I, I think they probably make the playoffs. So 
I I think Michael Williams scores two on fantasy or right on the board. And I think that's that's, that's a so like a landmark. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, that's exciting. All right, next one. Byers sell Joe Mixon may see the largest workload of his career. Bye. <laughs> because he said bye to Gio Bernard. Yeah, that's true. Um, how, what is the, I mean, the largest workload of his career? He's split time every single year he's ever been there. So exactly. I don't think that's hard that's, to do. That's, that's why it's a bye without even <laughs> yeah. thinking of it. Yeah. Because he's got two backs that besides taking like a normal kind of small committee workload won't take that much from. (laughs) Yeah. I have, uh, I actually have Joe Mixon at my RB 14. So I do have him outside of the top 12, but um, I have no idea where he's at. I also have him getting 270 touches. So uh, I, I think they're, they're going to still use some type of bag. The funny part about that by sell is that there was a report. Joe Mixon won't be the only running back in that room. Uh, I think that was them hyping up Chris Evans, the rookie running back that apparently has like God level hands. Um, that's what the coaches are talking about. That's coach speak. I, I mean, he's good, but uh, I think Joe Mixon is definitely in line for a ton of work. I think he stays healthy. Granted, the last two guys we've talked about, they have to stay healthy for this to happen. And well, everyone has to stay healthy for this to happen. That's right. not a That's very true. Yeah. All right. Next one. Buy or sell. Cam Newton and Mac Jones are going to enter a true competition in training camp. As in winner of training camp wins the job. Buy? Okay. But it's a weird buy. Like it's a buy as in if Cam's like, it's not going in like they're both taking half and half first team reps. I think it's if Cam's struggling early, Mac's going to immediately get more touches in training camp and everything. So that's, uh, it's literally only a competition if Cam is playing like he did the second half last year. Yeah. Yeah. He can't hit a receiver. <laughs> here's here's my thing yes i believe that is the case because i think bill is smart enough to put out his best quarterback yeah i don't think cam loses that competition i really don't not, not this year I, I but me and you were both in the case that we weren't we didn't think mac jones was ready to play this year going to the draft it, it if he was forced to it he could yeah. We just, it's that, that was our basis. And we had him as a, I think, it, I don't want to say what we had as a great because I don't really remember at this point. Uh, second round. We had him as I think, round. I know you did. I want to say, I think I had him as a late first, but I can't really remember. I think um, you did. But either way, I mean, that's still very good. It's just, he, <laughs> it's it, like he's nowhere near the level of the other guys, in my opinion. And I think he plays a little bit. I don't think he does anything really, yeah. uh, but I do think it's his team next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Um, but I think it's Cam's this year for the most part. So yeah. All right, buy or sell. McCole Hardman has made sizable improvements. I should have put that in quotes. I saw that earlier, and he will be the clear wide receiver two for the Kansas City Chiefs. Buy or sell. Ooh. 
Cell? Maybe. Hold on. Let me let me go to them because I don't want to speak on turn. Um, so it's a buy. It's actually a buy for me, as in he's the clear wide receiver too. But in being the clear wide receiver two, he is the clear wide receiver three, because Kelsey is the wide receiver two or one, depending yeah. on how you look at it. He's the one. I I have Nicole Hardman getting one more catch than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> I have him getting less. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think he's clearly the second best receiver on this team in this room, and he's got the second highest draft. He might have the highest draft capital in this room. Um, he does. But, like, Pringle is going to get some work. DeMarcus Robinson will for sure get some work. He's always going to be on the field. Uh, but I think that's about it. I think Cornell Powell will be pretty much a non-factor this year. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be, like, McCole is going to get the full shot to be the number two this year. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And they're drafted yeah. receiver early next year, if that's the case. I think uh, I think McCall's probably pretty good this year, but he'll have a couple boom weeks and he'll have the duddiest of dud weeks. It'll be like Sammy Watkins light, uh, and I I don't know that it'll be week one for McCall, but someone has to take over the Sammy Watkins week one boom, right? Is it going to be him or is it going to be Byron Pringle? Who knows? But uh, that'll be the only game Powell plays. I think he, <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, I don't want a piece of him in fantasy football. But I, I also only have the Chiefs throwing two more times than they did last year. I think yeah. they're going to run more this year. Well, so, and not, and not a lot line. more. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a lot more either. Like the, the Chiefs legitimately run a ton of plays. I think it's going to come down a little bit on the amount of plays this year. And that's going to be kind of like the difference. So uh, they're going to be obviously really, really good. It's just uh, there's only three players not named Patrick Mahomes I really would care about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right. Two more. Buy or sell. Richard Sherman and the Saints have mutual interest. Uh, Buy? I just don't know if they can pay. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to say. I think, why, of course. Why, why wouldn't why they wouldn't, have interest? Yeah. They yeah. need help. I mean, they need... I. Well, here's where like, I think you could say it's a sell. He wants to win a Super Bowl, right? He wants to go and get another Super Bowl. Are the Saints Super Bowl contenders right now? No. No. But, I mean, but if you look at it, like, does he fit the Bucks as a rotational corner? Probably not the full-time starter. Yeah. No. But that's not what he wants. Well, I, I just right. don't think he comes in and beats a starter. No, I think yeah. they like their two corners. And then you go Browns, they have their corners right now. Bills he could go to because they never they, addressed that second position, but he they're not in talks apparently. Right. I mean, you, you start checking off the teams and you're like, Saints, Titans, dude. <laughs> He's got Titans, go Titans makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, if he goes back, makes sense. 49ers, if he goes back, makes sense. Chiefs, yeah. if he goes there, makes some sense. It's not the greatest fit no. uh, with their talent in the secondary, but... he He's not washed, either. Uh, no, he's not. It... He's not washed, but he's not Legion of Boom. No, but, and he never was, even in San Francisco, but he well, was very but that, good. That was the talent level I meant. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. We saved the best for last. We told you earlier we were going to talk about Paris Campbell. Uh, Buy or sell. Paris Campbell will break out as the wide receiver one or two for the Colts. I want to specify uh, in 2021. And then what does that mean for his fantasy value if if you buy it? Uh, Well, I'm buying it. Uh, And he's going to be the wide receiver too. Okay. I'm uh, gonna uh, figure out let's, what I let's oh, be clear though. <laughs> a Paris Campbell breakout is playing majority of the season. Necessary. Yeah. Uh he he's played one full game mm-hmm. in his career, I believe. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I mean that's what we're looking at here. I think he is slightly outpaced by Michael Pitt. But I also have Michael Pittman playing one more game tonight. Yeah, um, I, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a good flex option for him. Yeah, I think they bring Paris Campbell back slowly, uh, and so I think he doesn't play a full season. I think they give it some, some extra time. I I've heard that he's a hundred percent at this point. I need to see it in training camp before I'm ready to say, yeah, Paris Campbell's for sure going to play a full season. Uh, in terms of his points per game, I have him as the wide receiver one. Uh, I have him averaging eight and a half points per game, which is kind of what I alluded to earlier that I don't want these wide receivers. I, I would love to say I do want Paris Campbell on my team, um, but I think your upside's capped in, with that offense. So. so in total points, Pittman slightly edges out Campbell for me, but in per game, Campbell slightly edges out Pittman. Yeah. I actually have T.Y. Hilton squeezed uh, right above Paris Campbell in total points, but that's just because of the uh, extra couple of games. And so I think there's a chance Paris Campbell plays more games than T.Y. Hilton. I don't even hate that. Uh, I have it at 13 and 15. And of course, that's, you know, that's an, an, an estimate. A lot of people say don't don't project injuries. It's not really injuries. I I that we're projecting it's just kind of a law of averages Paris Campbell's played like Randy said one game his entire career to projects a full 17 doesn't seem it doesn't feel right so I knocked it down a bit. yeah there's I mean there's people that clearly play that have played 15 16 games every season there's people that have played 13 14 every season yeah. there I mean yeah. so for them to play another extra game just doesn't make sense all right, that'll do it for our buy or sell segment um, and the entire episode. Uh, so if you guys Join liked that. it, make, make sure uh, if you joined us live, thank you. Uh, also, we do have a YouTube. If you search the cut FFB, we do stream over there. If you joined us on YouTube, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. Facebook and Twitter as well. Every Monday night at 1030, we do go live. But if you're listening to us audio only, we would appreciate any subscription or five-star rating. Uh, those definitely help us. And we've got a lot of nice podcasts that we'll be filtering in through that feed uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So or no, months, I should, months, let's slow down, Christian. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, that's that's all I have to say on that. Remember, bookmark the cutffb.com. We've got a, a nice little article series that's going to start rolling out here soon uh, from a ton of our contributors. And we've got a lot of stuff in the works over there. Uh, might have a website update. Need to talk to our website guy. Uh, oh, but oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him a warning. But uh, 
so yeah randy do you have anything to add before we bounce out of here uh no necessarily i guess just excited to keep going with sky fishbowl tomorrow hopefully by our show next week we have it done uh <laughs> we'll I don't see think so but yeah yeah but we'll see yeah i and i'm excited for all these drafts again if you guys are looking for yeah, like i'm excited for some if you guys are looking for new dynasty leagues just uh at me on twitter and i can retweet your stuff there's always people that are looking to add leagues and if you play on sleeper which you should because it's the best app they now have a a feature where you can find leagues so i found that out the other day thought that was pretty cool uh shout out sleeper if you want to sponsor the podcast i know you already sponsored one big one but you know just hit us up we're open uh and cheaper yeah <laughs> Def- <laughs> definitely that that is for sure all right for randy hall i am christian williams we will talk to you guys next Monday. Later.